0: Good morning. Good morning, man, we're going to have a great time this morning in Jesus. We're going to give the devil a whooping. We're, we're going to have a great time in our, our calling. We're going to have a great time this morning. Praise God. Well, thank you, Pastor Andy, for that wonderful introduction. And uh, my name is Joseph Z. My wife is Heather. I have two awesome children. Uh, my daughter, Allison, is 17 years old. I have a 15-year-old son named Daniel. And we travel the world. And the, the purpose of our ministry is to build lives by the word of God. That's what God's called us to do, and we do that through teaching, preaching, and prophesying, and all that good stuff. You say, prophesying, like Old Testament? Oh yeah, man, we're gonna have some fire and brimstone this morning. You don't even know what's about to happen, amen. And so, no, it's gonna be great. And so we do that, we, we teach, preach, we prophesy. Um, currently I'm working on going on XM radio, on television. There's a few things we're working on right now that's gonna advance the ministry. Because God's called us to do it We are very unimpressed with who we are But we're very impressed with Jesus And so we have a lot to talk about this morning And I believe God is going to set you at liberty In a way maybe you have not experienced before I believe God's going to heal some wounds In this congregation this morning I think it's going to be a great day So look at somebody next to you and say Get ready ready. It's okay, you can say that in church Amen (laughs) Praise God how many of you know the most non-religious person who's ever existed was Jesus? As a matter of fact, God hates religion. Some people say, God hates religion. How can you say that? Well, it's not, I'm not talking about out of James where it says pure and undefiled religion that ministers to the orphans and widows. That's religion that's just behavioral, but it has nothing to do with your righteousness or pleasing God. Religion that people try to make as a substitute for righteousness God hates that. He hates it. But he loves you. God's wild about you. So I'm going to talk to you this morning about your value. And then God willing, we're going to do some prophesizing. <laughs> Is that okay? Just do a little bit of that. Praise God. So I'll tell you what. The first time I had, ever had a vision, people bring me in and they're like, he's a prophet, huh? He's a prophet. I, it took me 20 years to, to get that title solid in my heart where I could say, I'm a prophet. And the reason it took so long is because I've seen so much goofy prophetic ministry. Either people are on or they're off or they're goofy or they work for NASA. Or you have people that are just all over the map with prophecy. And there's a lot of goofy stuff with it. I want to tell you today, we don't want to be weird. We want to get results. You know what? Jesus did a meeting. He got results. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a meeting this morning like the Apostle Paul would have had if he was here today. You know what? You don't need Paul. I'm here. <laughs> People are like, how could, how would, why would you say that? Well, it's because it's the same Holy Ghost that was in Paul as in me. Same Holy Ghost is in you. Praise God. We make this thing so religious and it doesn't need to be. We can have a great time in Jesus. Jesus is with you all the time when you're in church being proper and holy. He also <laughs> is with you when you're at home not being holy. Jesus loves you. And that's the deal. So when you begin to understand this, you realize that we have a true relationship with the living God. So I'll start off by saying this because people bring me in for prophecy a lot and these things. And I didn't really want to have the title of prophet or go down that road. But when I first started out in ministry or when I was very young, I used to see visions of things before they happened. I'd see people. I'd dream of locations. I'd see the color on the wall. I'd see people's names, I'd see things before I came into rooms, and then when I'd meet people, there they were, in my dream, from my dream, from the vision I'd seen, and I've had these encounters my whole life, and actually when I got born again, I began to recognize what it was for. There's a lot of people that do a lot of psychic behavior and different things in the world today, and those people are just people sometimes, there's either frauds or there's real, just like in the church, frauds or real. And some of the people that are in the world actually have a legitimate prophetic gift that is not born again and not redeemed and not being used for God. It's being hijacked by the devil. Okay? Does that make sense? People say, well, wait a second. You're saying if you prophesy and you don't have Jesus that it's still a prophetic gift? Yeah. Some people can actually have a prophetic gift no different than a singer. You know, I watched Greg and Alyssa singing this morning. The band was awesome this morning, by the way. Wasn't that good? (laughs) Yeah, I watched Greg sing and Greg could sing anywhere. He could sing and use his gift for the devil or he could use it for God. And he uses his gift as a light. He goes into the world and brings a light in darkness through his gifting. But he could use that for the devil or use it for God. The gift remains the same, but what do you fill the cup with? If I were to hold a cup and I said, this cup can have water that will refresh you or we could put cyanide in it and that will not be very refreshing, right? Right? But the cup doesn't change. It's what you put in the cup that changes. And gifts, you see people in the world and they have gifts all the time and you see different people. I was at a Celine Dion concert one time. Yes, my heart went on. And I was there. I was with my wife. We went to see Celine, man. We're there in the, in the, the thing. It was back in the 90s when she was really rocking it, okay? She's like, it's herself. Anyway, and so we're in that process watching Celine. And the Lord spoke to me well, I'm watching Celine Dion with my wife, and the Lord said, she's called to be an evangelist. And I was like, what? And the Lord said, listen to how she talks. Look at her. She moves people. She's, she's called to convince people and move them emotionally, and I've given her a gift to reach the masses. And she doesn't know that, I'm sure, but she's called to be an evangelist. And yet, here she is in the world, and I bless her. I think she's an amazing, gifted lady and all that. And... These are the kind of things I see in the world today. You see people that have gifts that are astray, that aren't following Jesus. And the church is so good at condemning itself and condemning real gifting, condemning real life, bringing condemnation and judgment on gifts. And we're all so critical of each other. You know, critical, a critical spirit is not a gift in the 21 gift spectrum of the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you know that. I have a gift of criticism. <laughs> I saw you walk in today. You were late. <laughs> right? And you've got to understand some of these things. That's not a gift of the Holy Spirit. But what is a gift of the Holy Spirit is love. It all is motivated by love. Prophecy. Anytime somebody prophesies to you, I don't care how earth-shaking, how powerful it is. I don't even consider myself the best prophet. I just think that if you have a gift to prophesy, it should be motivated by love. It should bring people closer to Jesus, not closer to people or personalities. It should bring you closer to Jesus. So a number of years ago, the Lord called me to make disciples through media. That's what we do. Every single weekday morning, I do a one-hour Facebook Live every morning. Your time it would be 8 a.m. And I do a Facebook Live every single morning. Some people are like, We watch you, Joseph, from bed, you know, and and I'd go live, I teach for one hour, and then I prophesy every single morning. But I do it. From a place of good foundational teaching built on love and building character and building lives by the word of God. Because any prophetic word you receive from anybody will fail or can fail. You can miss it. We're not in the Old Testament. If we're in the Old Testament and a prophet or a prophetic person missed a word, they should have what they call a rock concert. you know, get together and really just... No? You know what I'm talking about? I go over people's heads. They would stone them to death. Hallelujah. (laughs) And so you recognize that's what it would be. A rock concert, you surround them with rocks and be like, bless you, right? Okay, too much. Okay, and so, today, well, maybe we could advance it. We'd have like a parking lot thing where you chase them with the car. You missed it, prophet. Okay, so, all right. So here's what we recognize is God wants us to win even more than we do. And something I want to say to you is prophecy's powerful, it's alive, it's potent. But if you are not rooted and grounded in the written word of God, And that is not your foundation prophecy will mess you up it's like bad fish you don't want it okay and there's a lot of people that are so much more experiential based than they are word-based that when they feel something new from the spirit of god they have a tickle me jesus moment tickle me jesus you know they go through that at the end of that process they can be led astray because their five senses are not surrendered to the word of God. It says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, it says those who through reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If you don't take your five senses, your five senses, your natural touching, seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, and you do not surrender that to the word of God and begin to train your mind to think like the book from the spirit of faith mixed with love, if you do that, you'll never be messed up. A leader could fall and you'll be like, well, they weren't Jesus to me anyway. Instead of singing the song, I'm offended because I was mistaken. I'm offended, you wounded me. And then you end it with the bridge, Greg. If it's the last thing I do, I'll get back at you. No. Okay. So you have a lot of that kind of stuff in the body of Christ. You know, the body of Christ can be a very tumultuous place, but it is not the purpose for it. I love the body of Christ. I love the church. I love my job. And uh, if you get to know Jesus, you know, you ever meet a mean Christian? How many of you have ever met a mean Christian before? Yeah. Mean Christians. Do you know what their problem is? Their image of God. Their image of God is that God is mean. They are acting like the God whom they serve. And if the God whom they serve is interpreted to them as mean and angry, he's going to get you, and he's going to judge you, and boy, you're just reaping what you're sowing today, and he's mad at you. You're going to act like that to other people. Praise God. And you're going to have a little bit of that you know, Old Testament smack to you. And how many of you know we're not on the left side of the cross? We're not in the Old Testament anymore. And the Old Testament should be studied and see the types and shadows for Jesus. We should read it all the time. But the Old Testament is not the New Testament. Most people think the only difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is a blank page in their Bible that says New Testament. Everybody okay? And You, you realize that? There's a, some people think there's a difference. You know? The difference is, is that we're not on that side of the cross. We're on the right side of the cross. We're past the cross. We're on the finished works of Jesus. And He loves us. It's done, man. Your righteousness is secured in Him. Yeah. Your sins are paid for. Past, present, future. Yeah. Future sins are paid for. So people say, future sins? You yeah. can't say that. How can you say that? I don't know if I believe that. Well, you better hope your future sins were paid for 2,000 years ago. Yeah. When Jesus died on the cross, He was dying for your future sins. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And your sins are paid for. Man. And religion is the worst thing that ever happened to the church. So let me talk to you about something really important this morning. And I'm going to go through this quickly, and I believe it's going to really help you. Did you know how valuable you are? Somebody say it by faith this morning. Say, I'm valuable. And doggone it, people like me. No, I'm just kidding. We don't need to say that. But I just think, because they might not. Amen. They'd be lying. Amen. So, praise God. You need to say this morning, though, like you just need to say, I'm valuable. That's about a quarter of us. Try again. Let's try one more time. Say, I'm valuable. I'm valuable. I want you to say another thing by faith. And you might say, "This uh, it's a hard one. I'm going to choke on this, but say it by faith. Say, I please, God. I please God. If you have a hard time saying that anywhere in your heart, I please God. Awe, awe. If you have a hard time saying that, it's because you don't have a good concept of who God is. Religion has run you over. Let's try it one more time. I please God. I please God. If you can say that with confidence, you're getting to know God. You please him. He loves you. You say, well, you don't know what I did yesterday, brother. (laughs) Well, God does, but he doesn't judge you according to what you did. He judges you according to what Jesus did. Right? He looks at you according to what Jesus did. He doesn't, you know, when they brought the Old Testament lamb in, to to sacrifice it for their sins. Remember in the Old Testament they'd bring a lamb or a goat. They'd bring it in to sacrifice it. Could you imagine what it would be like if the family that brought the lamb in and set it before the priest, the priest came and said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna sacrifice this lamb for the sins of this family and all that." Did you know that the priest never went over and said, "Put the lamb down," and turned to the family and began to examine the family? He never examined the family. He didn't examine the person bringing the lamb. He didn't grab their face, open up, say, ah, let me look at you. He didn't look through their, you know, the, all their stuff and say, how was your year? What have you repented of? You know, he didn't go through that. He didn't examine the family, the people. He examined the lamb. The priest examined the lamb. And when the lamb was on the altar, the priest examined the lamb for no blemishes, perfect, and then sacrificed it. Now, I've got to tell you, God is not examining you for your righteousness, he examined Jesus on the cross. He loves you. He is pleased with you. God's not even in a bad mood today. Yeah. He's not in a bad mood at all. God's in a good mood. People are like God's, some prophetic people come in flittering. <laughs> the Holy One is in a bad mood today. No. God's not in a bad mood. He took out all his bad mood, his anger, his wrath. On Jesus, the lamb. He examined the lamb. And if you are in him, he who knew no sin became sin that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, he's examining the lamb. He looks at Jesus and says, you're righteous. You're as holy as you're ever gonna get. Now, let's talk about your value for a moment. Do you know that the devil hates you? Did you know Satan? I mean, he's livid with you. He hates you. He hates you. And a lot of people would say, how many of you believe Satan hates you? How many of you know why? A couple of you, good. Okay. Let me give you a thought about this that maybe you haven't heard before. I'm just going to go through this this morning because I believe this is going to really help you. And then we're going to minister to some people today. I want you to understand your value and who you are. In the beginning, we know what happened. Satan, or as we affectionately call him, Lou, Lou, (laughs) Lou is in the beat. You're like, be careful what you say about the devil. The devil is a zero with the rim knocked off, ladies and gentlemen. I've had had witches come into meetings levitating, floating off the ground. They're like, that's a witch? They're they're demonized. I'm like, big deal. I got the Holy Ghost. And... (laughs) I've I've had all this kind of goofy stuff. They're like, "That's do you feel the darkness? Do you feel the oppression? No, I walked in. And you say, how can you say that? I have the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Ghost. And demons know when people know what they believe or not. They know if you believe it or not. If you know Jesus, you don't have to walk around in arrogance. You walk around in confidence. I'm a confident person. I'm confident because I know who my God is. I know he's in me. Praise God. I've had... I've had witches come up to me at meetings and say, why are you getting on witches? Well, because I mentioned the devil, Lou, and now we're here. And, and all of a sudden, I've, had, I've been in meetings where witches come up to me and they're like, I can control your mind. And I start laughing. I'm like, you're hilarious. I'm blood Give it your best shot. Go. And many times i will start doing this thing. Eh, eh, and then they fall on the ground and start vomiting. And I'm like, is that how you control my mind with vomit? I mean, that's amazing. Praise God! You're like that's intense. Right? That's mockery. Yes, it is. That's mockery. <laughs> Amen. And so, and, uh, <laughs> help me, Pastor Andy. We're getting somewhere today. So praise God. And so, what we've got to realize though is this: is that when you begin to understand that Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly, you you begin to recognize some of these things. Your life becomes awesome when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what the church is missing today? We're missing mature believers. Both the church and the world deserve to see mature believers who know their value. So in the beginning, we recognize that God created the heavens and the earth. Can you just imagine this for a moment? You recognize that it says in the beginning that the sons of God were before him and shouted for joy. It says in the book of Job that the sons of God shouted for joy in the creation. And we realize he made creation through Jesus out of Proverbs chapter 8. Through him, the worlds were formed by wisdom he was at God's right hand rejoicing ever before him as he created the world. Okay, Now we recognize this process that as the sons of God would shout for joy that, re- that means the angels were present as God began to craft and create the universe the cosmos, the stars the moon, the earth, all these things. Get a picture with this uh, for a moment with me. Get a picture of this with me right now. Here's God and he begins to say I'm going to show you boys something. And all the angels are lined up around God. Can you imagine this? He steps into the void and says, let light be, light be, manifest. And light came into existence. Can you imagine that? The angels went, whoa, wow. And then he said, hold on, just, just watch. We're just getting started. All I did is turn the lights on. We haven't even decorated the stage yet. Hang on for a moment. And they're with him and they're like, You're pretty awesome, God. He's like, Yeah, watch this. And he starts to go and he begins to blow the stars into the darkness. And this begin to speckle the universe. He just blows them into place. And the angel said, Wow, that's amazing. That was awesome. He's like, Hold on. And he begins to do near in the universe and near the solar system and our Milky Way and our galaxy. He begins to put stars in order, very close. And they said, look at the size of those things. They're amazing. He's like, oh, hold on, hold on. And they're like, oh, they're all excited. Can you imagine that? He began to put out there Pluto and Mars and Saturn and all these things. He begins setting them in order. And the angels start to go, oh, God, this is awesome. Yeah. They started to shout for joy. He's doing all this. He's like, you boys don't know anything yet. He begins to build the sun and the moon. And the next thing he does is he pulls out this little blue globe and he sends it into a spinning motion. And they went, they started shouting. He's like, yeah, you like that? And he's holding the blue globe on his finger, I believe. And the angel's like, "This
1: is amazing. It's awesome.
0: It's amazing. I believe even at that point, Lucifer showed up, and he's like, "Look at this globe. Look at what you're doing." And he's saying, "Yeah." And you know, Lucifer was in heaven, and he was the worship leader in heaven Ezekiel. Isaiah tries to tell us that, that his body was filled with winged instruments. You know, we took his position as far as singing goes too, because we have instruments right here. We have instruments in our body. He's no big deal. We're a big deal because God made us in his image. Now, here's what we recognize is as we're going through this process, Lucifer is there and he's watching God create all these things as well. And the angels are shouting for joy. This is thrilling. Look what's happening. He builds the earth, he puts it into motion. And then all of a sudden, God says, Watch this. And fast forward, zoom into the land. And they're all standing on the earth together. They're standing on the earth. And God says, You boys ain't seen nothing yet. And they're already jumping up and down. Whoa, you're awesome, God. He's like, this is great. I think God, I don't think God ever had a serious thought until sin. I think God was rejoicing. I think He's a singing spirit. I think He is full of life and a lot of humor. If you don't think God has a sense of humor, look at the person sitting next to you. <laughs> Too much again. So, okay. So what we recognize though is that they're on the earth, and God begins to say, watch this. We're standing on earth. We're, we're here, and the angels are around him, and they're all looking and seeing things, and Lucifer wants to get a front row seat. He's watching. The sons of God are shouting for joy. They're praising him as he makes the cosmos, as he makes the darkness turn to light, as he makes the stars all throughout the universe, as he makes the sun, the moon, our near planets, and all of a sudden he creates the earth. It's very different. It's blue. They're standing on the ground of the earth. And I believe in that moment, God said, you boys ain't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen anything yet. And I believe he reached down and pulled up the dirt. And as he began to pull up the dirt, he begins to form the dirt. He's forming it, crafting it. And with great pleasure on his face, he's forming the earth. He begins to form the dust and the dirt and forming it into an image that's very familiar. And Lucifer's attention is piqued. I think he steps forward and looks over the shoulder of God. And he's watching with great interest because of God's great interest. He's watching God's great interest in dirt. Now, Lucifer, you have to understand, he's the worship leader in heaven. He's the most radiant being that's ever existed. God made him amazing. Amazing. He was absolutely beyond comprehension. He was glorious. He was arrayed in splendor. He had everything you would ever want a spiritual being could ever hope to possess. Lucifer was it. He was it. He's the worship leader. And he began to bring praises to God. I believe he led the music. I believe he did all this. And in this moment, Lucifer's beginning to watch as God gives his full attention To dirt. And as he's forming the dirt. I believe Lucifer says. What is this? What are you doing? Oh I'm I'm making something. You're going to really like this. And Lucifer says really? And I believe as God did this. He brought the dirt higher. And in a moment. Opened the mouth. And breathed his life into it. And the dirt went. "Ah," And breathed in. And I believe Lucifer stepped back for a moment and said, wait a moment. This is dirt. And it's beginning to look like something. This reminds me of something. You're making something, and it's reminding me of something. This reminds me of you. You have made dirt and put your very image within it. You have put dirt in your image and not me. And I believe he looked at God with angst, hatred, and rage began to fill his heart. And I believe Lucifer said, how dare you? How dare you? I hate it. I hate what you've made. I despise it. I'm going to kill it i hate it because in that moment he recognized dirt had taken his position of authority and put him down the totem pole because it says in psalm chapter 8 and verse 5 it says what is man that you are mindful of him you've made him a little lower than the angels but that is not the proper translation in the hebrew In the Hebrew, when you see the word angels in Psalm chapter 8 and verse 5, it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Speaking to God, what is man, God, that you are mindful of him? You've made him lower than the angels. The word angels in the Hebrew, and if you have a center column reference, you'll see it. It's the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim. And there's only a specific point of reference used for the Hebrew word Elohim. And that is in the first five books of Moses where you begin to see that was the reference for God Almighty. And it says in Psalm chapter 8, verse 5, it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? You've made him a little lower than yourself. Here's the order of supernatural things. God, man, angels, pond scum, demons. (laughs) That's the rank of supernatural authority. It is true. That's the rank of supernatural authority. The rank of supernatural authority, if we understood our value and why the devil hates us so bad, it's because we have so much value before God. Because we're made in his image and likeness, not in the flesh. Our flesh doesn't look like God. Our spirit looks exactly like God. We are of the same spirit. And when Adam fell, that's because Lucifer rebelled. Lucifer was so angry over you. He was so angry over Adam and Eve that he couldn't tolerate that. And he went to earth and all the details around this. And I believe that's why the talking snake tricked Eve, but it didn't trick Adam. You say, what are you saying? Lucifer deceived Eve. But if you read in Timothy, the man was with her and he was not deceived. Adam was right there. And the point I'm making about that is Adam willingly said, this sounds like a good idea. And he willingly gave his authority over to the devil. God said, don't touch that. And by the way, did you know there was only one reason that the devil could tempt Adam and Eve? Why didn't he just tempt Eve to murder Adam? Why why tempt him with fruit? Did you ever think about that? Why didn't God, or why didn't the devil bring an possess an elephant and walk in there and say, you know what, let's, let's have this elephant step on your husband's head, Eve? Let's kill Adam. Why didn't he try to get them to murder each other? Why didn't he have them commit other other sins that were more heinous? Why not, why a fruit? Do you want to know why? The reason why is where there is no law, there is no sin. And the only law the devil had to use against man was, do not eat of that tree. So the devil empowered their sin by getting them to break the only law that existed. Sin, or the law is the power of sin. And so the devil used the law to get them to sin. And that's what they did. And then we recognize Adam falls into, he falls into this place. Where he gives the world over to lucifer now here's what i think i don't think lou knew what he had and i think you get to see what his attitude towards you is let me show you here and let's go to job chapter four very quickly this morning job chapter four i'm going to go here and i think it's going to be important you remember the story of job right job chapter one all of a sudden it says the sons of god remember now the sons of god stood before god and they shouted for joy as he was creating remember that Now, in Job chapter 1, we recognize that the sons of God presented themselves. That's the angels before God in Job chapter 1. They all come to present themselves before God. And in that understanding, also it says, and Satan showed up. Satan presented himself before God. Now, wait a second. I thought Satan was cast out of heaven. Right? Wasn't Satan cast out of heaven? You guys go to Sunday school? You know, you put the thing on the felt board. You know, it's like Abraham, the son. You know, okay. And so, okay, whatever. And so we recognize, we recognize this process, though, that all of a sudden you realize that here they are. They're presenting themselves before God, and Satan is there. Why was Satan able to stand before God after he'd been cast out of heaven, after he'd sinned in the garden, after all these things happened? I'll tell you why. Because he was not there on his authority. He was there... On Adam's authority. Because Adam used to walk with God in the cool of the day. That's the authority God gave Adam. And Adam and Eve were exiled from the garden. But guess who had their access now? Satan. Satan became the god of this world. The small g. He took Adam's job. He took Adam's dominion. He took Adam's authority. And now in Job chapter 1, Satan shows up and God says, Where have you been? He said, I've been walking around the earth, just wandering. I've been wandering around. He's like, oh, Lou, I should smack you, but you have a covenant now. You're standing in Adam's deal. I can't even crush you. Right? So he's standing there, and I believe he said, well, and and the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? And many people teach on this. By the way, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm going through a Job's trial. I'm going through a Job's trial. Well, number one, uh, Job lost his family. His body went into whatever. Everything fell apart, and at the end, He also had 10 times more if you go through a job's trial, you should come out with 10 times more But consequently that curse is broken because the devil tried that with Job and we'll talk about this right now But let me give you a quick fast-forward point. He also tried the same attack on Peter. Remember that he said uh, Jesus said to Peter Satan has come to sift you like wheat Peter, but I have prayed for you. I've prayed for you Job didn't have Jesus when, G- when when the devil comes and tries to accuse you before God day and night, you know who he's got to run into? Jesus. Yeah. The great intercessor, the high priest. He's standing and he's like, you got a problem, boy? You got something to say? Remember what we did? Remember 2,000 years ago, how that went down? Yeah. So here we recognize though, here's, <laughs> we recognize I love Jesus. We recognize this process and all of a sudden there's Job standing before God. And then we realize that God said, have you considered my servant Job to the devil? He said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil said, well, why would he not, you know, why would he not worship you? God, you've given him everything. and You have a hedge of protection around him. You've done all these things. You've blessed him. And he said, but stretch out your hand and watch all these evil things happen to him. Touch his flesh, touch his family, watch what happens. And notice what God's response was to the devil. God didn't say, I'll do it and watch what happens. His response to the devil was, see, all that he has is already in your hand. Or behold, it's a word of revealing, a word of aha. I don't think the devil knew how much he'd actually gotten when he deceived Adam and Eve. He's wandering the earth. I don't think he understood what he had. He's wandering the earth going, I deceived them, thought something would happen, but I'm wandering the earth. And I think the Lord basically said, I can't do anything to protect him in some of these areas because this is your dominion. The only thing you can't do to him, devil, is take his life. His life and death is in the power of Job's tongue. You tracking with me so far? Now, in this circumstance, you recognize Job is in this place, and as Job is in this place, he had three really unique friends okay one's like a word of faith guy another's a presbyterian another guy's a non-denominational i don't know right and they show up and they just start giving job all their expertise from the depths of their ignorance right right and they begin to break it down and they're talking to these guys and only the young guy had it had it halfway right and god said you're okay i'm not going to basically toast you and so as we get through this we recognize that in job chapter four starting up in verse 12 one of the men named eliphaz is in this scenario with Job. Job had the devil come to God and say, I'm going to begin to attack him. The devil caused fire to fall from heaven and consume his animals. The devil cursed his children. The devil did all these things. And people say, God did it. No, he did not. Satan is the little G, the small god of this world, because Adam gave his dominion to him. So therefore, he had authority to run Job over, but he could not take his life. The only way Job loses his life is if he he did what his his crazy wife said to do, and that's curse God and die. If he would have cursed God, he wouldn't die. But he said, I will not curse God. Now, the devil and his hordes, I believe, are on the scene. And let me give you an example of this from Job chapter 4, starting out in verse 12. Let me begin. I'll just read it to you. Maybe you look it up later, but I'll read it to you right now. In Job chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, and this is Eliphaz's encounter, one of the three guys. Job chapter 4, verse 12, Now a word was brought secretly to me, and my ear received a whisper of it. Verse 13, In disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men. Verse 14, Fear came upon me, and trembling. Isn't that interesting? At night, fear came on it, trembling, which made all my bones shake. Verse 15, Then a spirit passed before my face. This is interesting. Some of you maybe never saw this in the Bible before. The hair on my body stood up. You ever had an evil encounter? Something was not right, but the hair on your body stood up? You're like, ooh, it's cold in here, Jesus. There's something evil in the room. Nobody? <laughs> Verse 16. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. Okay? A form was before my eyes. There was silence. Then I heard a voice saying, now listen to this voice in verse 17. Now remember the context for it. The devil is trying to destroy Job. He's around his friends. He's working everybody over in this scenario. Verse 17, can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? Verse 18 gets very revealing. If he puts no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error. Verse 9, How much more those who dwell in houses of clay, the dirt again, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before a moth. Verse 20, They are broken in pieces from morning till evening. They perish forever with no one regarding. Does not their own excellence go away? They die without wisdom. This is the devil's point of view. I believe this is Satan talking in front of Eliphaz, rhetorically talking, just kind of talking to himself. Why does God put faith in these broken-down vessels of clay? And he charges me, his angels, with error. And I believe you see a glimpse into the devil's heart here. And he hated mankind so badly that this is what you begin to recognize. Now let's fast forward to a moment. Who is the first Adam? Adam. Who was the second and the last Adam, as Pastor mentioned this morning? Who's the last Adam? Jesus Jesus is. So the difference is, is that Adam gave it all up to the devil. (laughs) Jesus comes along, and the first thing that he tries to tempt Jesus with was food. The same exact thing that he did in the garden with Adam and Eve. Food. That one didn't work, then he tried two other temptations. Remember one of the temptations Not only throw yourself off the temple, but do you remember the temptation where the devil said to Jesus, he said, come up to this high place. Look at all the kingdoms of this world. And he looked at Jesus and said, see these? They've been given to me. And I can give them to whomever I please. If you'll just fall down and worship me. Now, the reason that was important is because it was true. It was true the devil wasn't lying it wouldn't have been a temptation to Jesus if the devil was just lying to him Jesus knew that Adam gave all that to Lucifer and now the devil is saying hey you came here to do a mission I can give you a shortcut all you got to do is drop to your knees and worship me and Jesus I believe was actually tempted I don't think there was no bite in that, that conversation. I think it was a real temptation. I can bypass the cross. I can bypass this. We're done. I don't have to live in this, this earth suit anymore, and we're good. And instead, he said, it is written. It is written. And he came back at him hard. It is written. Away from me, Satan. All that. Now, we recognize that story, but the devil had Adam's authority. So what, is that, what does that interpret? What does that equal? What does that become? What are we trying to understand with this? What I'm saying to you is Jesus came because of your value, the pearl of great price. He put so much value in you that when he came and he gave himself on the cross, the first thing Jesus did is show us how to walk in this world. Because you have to recognize something, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me very carefully about what I'm about to say. You have way more authority than you think you do. You have way more horsepower. Than you think you do. Jesus showed up on the scene. And all throughout the Old Testament. When David took the census of Israel. All these things happened. Nobody could stand against demons. The only time it could happen is when David played the harp. Other than that demons stuck around. And they did what they wanted. That's the reason that God would say. When this invading army comes in. Or you conquer an area. Kill the men, the women, the children and the animals. Because they're all possessed by demons. And there was no redemption. That's one reason. You say, why is God so mean in the Old Testament? No, he was preserving the bloodline so Jesus could get here for you and I. You've got to understand that. We read the Old Testament, we think, he's so bad. No, he's actually full of mercy and grace trying to get the Messiah here to save everybody. And he took any measure necessary to make sure he got here. And the devil's trying to pollute the bloodlines demonically and everything else. There's a lot we can talk about with that. But now coming back to Jesus... The last Adam shows up on the scene. When he did this, listen to me very carefully. It was the first time in thousands of years since the fall of man that a man showed up with God on the inside. Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born of spirit, or actually of water and of spirit, in in John chapter 3, unless you're born of water and of spirit, you shall by no means inherit the kingdom of God. But what he was saying is water and spirit. You ever wonder what water and spirit means? Born of water and of spirit? Water and of spirit? To be born of water, for a quick little biology or science lesson right now, health lesson, you realize that when a lady gets pregnant, inside her belly is this uh, sack of water, and the water breaks, and the child is born. When you are born of water, it means you're born of a woman. How many of you were born of a woman? Amen. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm a clone. <laughs> but, <laughs> amen. But you begin to recognize that, that when you're born into this world, it means one thing and very important thing that you need to understand. You have something that spiritual entities don't have. You have a physical body. And physical bodies is what God gave Adam and Eve, and they were designed to live in them on this earth. The devil has never had a physical body. So people that are born again or not born again have authority more than any supernatural force in this world, God or the devil, simply because they have a body. Because you have a physical body. But Jesus said if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you want to be born again, you must be born of of water and then of spirit. Give your life to Jesus. Repent. Be saved. But physical bodies are walking around. There's people that are unsaved that have more authority than demons and they don't even know it. Because they have a physical body. Pigs have more authorities than demons. Mosquitoes have more authority than a demon. Pond scum, those little things that float in there, the bacteria that has a physical presence, has more authority than demons. It's true. Jesus, may we be sent into the pigs? And he's Jewish. He's like, this will take care of two stinky problems. <laughs> you may go into the pigs. And they ran off the hillside. And I think Jesus was like, <laughs> anyway, and so what you got to understand though, Jesus comes to earth, right? He comes and he begins to step through the veil. Jesus is now the first God man to show up on the scene. He's the firstborn among many brethren. I believe that when Jesus showed up and the first thing he does after he turns water into wine, does all these miracles, he ends up confronting the demoniac. That was chained, and when he walks up to him, the demoniac fell to his knees and said, Do not torment us before our time. We know who you are. And he basically said, Shut up. Right? He showed up six thousand demons inside that guy. We are legion, for we are many. Most people be like, This is a legion demon. We gotta fast and pray. Oh Jesus, I send the fire, Lord, ow! And Jesus, like, shut up and sit down, basically. Right? And people say, these guys only come up by prayer and fasting. Actually, in that account, he was talking about unbelief only comes up by prayer and fasting, yeah. not demons. Yeah. Demons are easy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay? <laughs> so Jesus shows up on the scene. He walks in there. And when he walks to the scene, it's the first time since the beginning that the great I am was inside of a physical body. And I think the demons said, not fair. Not fair. I think when Jesus showed up, everybody's hearing, you know, heart music on the outside. <laughs> He's walking in, but on the inside, Jesus is listening to heavy metal. I think he's walking up. He's like, how are you doing? And I think they said, no, can't be. This can't be. And he's looking at them, and I believe they looked into his eyes, and they saw the eyes of the consuming fire. They saw the same I am that was on Sinai. They saw the same I am that kicked him out of heaven. And he said, like my new body? And I think the demons are like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah. And, and I think he took authority over it because it's the first time that man, he said, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, yes. Jesus said that he came in with authority because it was God in the flesh. And you say, that's amazing. Jesus is amazing. Listen to me. He was the firstborn yes. among many brethren. And as he is in this world, so are we. And when you realize Jesus is the last Adam, he was the firstborn among many brethren, that you are made the righteousness of God in him. And as he is, so are you. Every time you walk into a room, every time you step into a scenario, your presence should demand an explanation. Your very presence should rattle demonic situations. Because you are literally a courier and a carrier of the presence of God. And the devil hates you. And he hates you doubly because now you're not just a physical body that has the image and likeness of God in a spiritual nature. You're now regenerated. You're born again. You have the spirit of Christ Jesus living inside you. And everywhere you go, you are a wrecking ball to the kingdom of darkness. So the only thing the devil has left, the only thing he has left, is thoughts you know how witchcraft works? It works when people succumb to the powers of darkness and they obey it. Because the devil can't do anything without a physical body. You know, I got, imagine, you know, people said, well, the devil can make things float. He can make, he can make stuff levitate. He can do all this stuff. Big deal. Look at this. See my phone? Look what I'm doing. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Big deal, devil. I can make my phone float. Look at that. Big deal! Wow, you can step from the spirit into the natural and use all the power you can muster through someone. You're literally uh, bootlegging someone's natural authority, and you're making something float or manifest in a room. Big deal! You ain't nothing compared to Jesus. And when you recognize that, ladies and gentlemen, you become a real force to be contended with because of who's in you. Now, let me tell you something this morning: you are valuable. And people many times don't understand that. They think, well, Jesus saved me. I'm just an old sinner, saved by grace. I'm an old sinner. No, you are a saint. You're a saint. You're a New Testament saint. You're a saint. You're a believer. You're as holy as you're ever gonna get. You're as righteous as you're ever gonna get. You can't be any more righteous. You can't be. Now, you can live more holy in the natural. You can live a sanctified life, and you ought to... If you live a sinful life in the natural, it will cost you. It will tear your life apart. But when you recognize who Jesus is and what he's done for you, you begin to live from the inside out. And your transformation of your life, of your discipleship, of your development, pour the word in, stay on Jesus, keep going, and you'll have effortless transformation from the inside out. People say, I don't know if I believe that. Well, how's it working for you? How's all your striving working for you? How's all your efforts working for you? I get to do more to get more, Jesus. Why don't you just trust in Jesus? You know, all these people say, you got to keep all the commandments. You got to keep all the laws. You got to keep this, do this, do that. You must keep all the laws. The New Testament law is this believe in the one whom he sent and love your neighbor. That fulfills all the law, right? You're going to keep all these laws and commandments, there's the moral law, there's the ceremonial law. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, there wasn't just ten commandments or ten laws. There was 613 of them. How many of you know them all? Anybody know them all? If you don't know them, you're a lawbreaker. And James says, if you break the law at one point, you're guilty of all of it. So if you don't know all the laws and all the commandments, you're guilty of murder. Congratulations. Bunch of murderers, hallelujah. No, okay, that was way too much, yeah. But but that's what it is, though. That's the truth. And you begin to recognize that process. Now, here's what I want to say about it. So the way you're righteous is you don't do it based on, I need to be a better person, and I need to step and fetch, and I need to do that. No, you need to rest in the finished works of Jesus On the right side of the cross, knowing who you are and your value and what your authority is in this natural world. When you begin to understand that, you realize why Satan's so angry with you. It's because he has nothing on you. He has nothing on you. Ladies and gentlemen, Christians have no business watching horror movies. I'm just saying that for a reason. Because when you start watching horror movies, you get that fear. And fear is the first access point for the devil to go, oh, I got an inroad. Wow. Wow. It's like a flea jumping on a giant dog, you know. It's like I have you, <laughs> you know. And you've got to recognize this. It's, it's important. You got to recognize these things, man. I've seen demons, man. I'm, I'm, you know, they make fun of me at Karis Bible College because I say the same. One time I was ministering, I stopped. And I said, I'm like super prophetic. I said I'm super prophetic, and they're like, oh, 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 you're super prophetic. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know. But here's the deal: is that I see things sometimes. I've seen demons. You know what they look like? Little mouths with a lot of hair. Little like chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they're, they're, they're nothing. They're thoughts. They come at you with thought. They come at you with intention. Yes. They come at you with condemnation. Yes. Um, your heart condemning you. I wish I had time to preach for another hour just on your conscience. Yes. If your heart condemns you, God's greater than your heart. Yes. That's your conscience. We need to be cleansed, as Hebrews says, from a guilty conscience. Yes. But that's another message. Praise God. So this morning, we're going to minister to some folks. Should we have a little touch from Jesus this morning? A little touch from the Holy Ghost? He loves us. He loves you more than you can imagine. You know, people say, I don't know about that. Well, did you know this? Let me say this. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. And you say, how can you say that? Did God send you to die for Jesus? He sent Jesus to die for you. And when you begin to get your identity in order and right, you are set free, not to sin, from sin. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So the Lord speaks to me a lot of times prophetically and through my life, talks to me in various ways. And um, how many of you know the ultimate word is the word of God we read? And people say, Joseph, can you miss it? Absolutely. I'm not perfect, but I have a soul and I'm interpreting what God's showing me about people. So you take whatever I say over you to Jesus. You pray over it in the spirit, and you just make sure that God is is uh, confirming things in your heart. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Amen. The young man right back here. Uh, you got a hoodie on, and you're, uh, you, right there. You got earrings, hoodie. Yeah. Amen. You have a huge gift of creativity, a huge gift to lead, and a huge gift to entertain. You also have the mind of a poet, and God's put many things inside you with poetry and ability to create and craft things. I see canvases all over inside of your life. That's through painting, and it's the way you think. It's a creative canvas on the inside of you, and God's put that in there. You're very intelligent. You're very intelligent. You're also very athletic and quick on your feet. I speak over you in Jesus' name, the hand of God. The Lord says, I redeemed you. It's like you were pulled out of the water like Moses. God says, I rescued you at a young age. There was a deciding factor if you were going to live or die. And the Lord says, I redeemed that scenario, and I caused you to live because I love you. And I'm causing you to have another season in front of you with great victory. You're going to father young men. You're going to father them in in the years to come. And God's calling you to live in abundance and have victory and breakthrough. Your words carry weight to them. And you have a very empathetic mercy inside of you for people. You care deeply for people. And the Lord says, it's important that you guard your heart, that you don't just let it get run over in some areas either, because you can be too empathetic sometimes. And I speak that to you, and I break off broken mercy off of you. No broken mercy. Have solid mercy for people, biblical mercy. I bless you, man of God, in Jesus' name. You are God's man, and any father in the whole world would be proud to call you his son. Proud to call you his son. And I bless you in Jesus' name. You're a marked man. People are going to hear about you. You're going to do stuff. And I see your voice going in a lot of places. So I bless you in Jesus' name. You're a marked man. You know Greg pretty well? If you don't, you need to get to know Greg. He should disciple you. It's powerful. So I bless you in Jesus' name. It's true. Amen. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Can we just lift our hands up to the Lord for a moment? Praise God. Woo! This is a new day for this church. There's a new day for this church right now. God is wanting this church to live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I see like the band-aid came off. There's a scar there, and God's removing the scar too. Yes. Amen. Praise God. This isn't going to be one of those dancing with the scars churches. <laughs> Amen. Is that too much? Amen. It's like dancing with the scars. After the accident, I was able to dance. Okay, I mean, praise God. I just want to say to you, God wants you to win. He wants you to live. Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, I just love Jesus. I can't help it. I start laughing. God's so awesome. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. A spirit of restoration on this body, a spirit of growth, a spirit of expansion. A spirit of increase. I hear the Lord saying, you've held your ground, you get to increase. This is the favorable year of the Lord. This is the day of our God. This is the day of favor. This is the day of increase. I believe that the there's like a stain or like a, you know, sometimes we have things and there's a memory and it's painful. And it's going to turn now. And I see God beginning to bring redemption and bring, bringing growth. And people are going to be encouraged to bring friends here because they're going to say, this church, is it's happening. There's something happening here. There's a good spirit in that place. And thank God that people stood and did what they're called to do in this place. Thank you, Jesus. I know very little about what's going on here, but I just know when I see things. And I want to say to you that God is redeeming some things in this place for you and new people that are coming. Listen to me. It's not about you. It's about the new people that are going to come. Get discipled. Get raised up. And you are part of the solution. Somebody say, I'm part of the solution. solution. Say, I am the solution. That's right, right here, point at yourself. Say, I'm the solution. Some of you are like, well, I'm actually the problem, but I just say, praise God. No, you're the solution, ladies and gentlemen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You guys are awesome. There's a good spirit in this church. I came in here, I feel life in this church. A lot of You wouldn't be here if there wasn't life in this church. Praise God. And I believe God's doing a, a number of mighty things. Father, in the name of Jesus, can we stretch our hands towards Pastor Andy? In Jesus' name. Lord, I speak life over this wonderful man of God. A blind prophet could see who you are, sir. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I speak life over you. I speak victory over you. The Lord says, I redeemed you. I literally called you out from among them. I set you apart in Jesus' name for even a greater work. And I believe that this is part one of a three-part step for you. There's three parts to this journey for you. You are in part one right now. And God is good, and this is going to be a healthy season for you And this body it's gonna be a sweet season because you're a sweet man and you have real integrity and I bless you in the name of Jesus I call things as God calls them over your life the way God sees it over you I bless you Pastor Andy in Jesus name and the Lord says I'm gonna redeem things I'm putting writing into your fingers I'm putting writing in your hands you're gonna write and it's gonna come out the book will manifest the manual will manifest I'm bringing it through you in the name of Jesus. The Lord's given you an intellect. You're more of an intellect than you are a speaker. And your speaking is wonderful and it's powerful and it moves people. But it's literally just the overflow of what's happening inside of a man of God. The Lord has made you brilliant, sir. You're a brilliant-minded man. You cipher information. You're well-studied. And the Lord says, I'm going to treat you like Paul the Apostle. In some of the areas where he had his strengths of study, I broke that off him and he had to step into the supernatural. And he said, I come before you today in trembling and fear, because he was not in his realm of comfortability, which was intellect. And you, sir, are a mighty intellect. God's given you the ability. But he's also saying, if you're going to father a movement, if you're going to usher in a move of God, if you're going to usher in an awakening among people, then you must abandon some of all the head knowledge and step into the realm of the Holy Spirit. And you have a mighty team around you that's going to allow this to happen. I speak life over you in the name of Jesus. You're a submitted and a committed man. And God's call is upon your life. And God loves you deeply. The Lord says, I'm watching over both of your children, over your family. Now, we talked earlier about your children and all that. But I do see something. So I see this anyway. But I want to say this. Your daughter is a gift. And your daughter is going to bring life. And I see not only that, but I see uh, words of wisdom coming from her that will hit people like a hammer. And, and the word of God that's coming through in Jesus' name will hit people like a hammer. And I speak life over that in the name of Jesus. And it's going to be a godly hammer for, for truth and life. And the Lord says to you, do not worry about her. She's in my hand, and I will bring accuracy to her heart through her lens, and she will know me greatly. And I bless you in Jesus' name. I begin to speak life, something about your respiratory system. I speak strength and health to you in every area in Jesus' name. Father, I also speak over this man's energy in the name of Jesus, that there's strength and victory for wholeness and energy. I've seen you running and the Lord says, you're going to stop being a floodlight and turn into a laser beam. And that laser beam is going to be so accurate and cut through steel, man of God, that you're going to know where you're going and not just shining light on every new idea, but you're going to turn into a laser beam that cuts through steel of accuracy. And the Lord says, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm being very, thank you, Father. I bless you, Pastor Andy, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord says you're going to help fathers lift their arms. You're going to help fathers lift their arms. You're going to find yourself in the seasons to come, a part of a large organization where you're helping the fathers lift their arms. That's very important. I see you standing there. You won't have to carry the burden of the vision alone. You'll not have to carry the burden of what God's called you to do alone because I see you as a platform builder that helps leaders lift their arms because you bring the right heart, the right spirit, and the Lord says you are like a Stephen. You have many things in your life like Stephen where you're going to stand and see leadership grow because of the input and you watering their roots. And there's going to be seasons in your life, but you're on part one of a three-part series of your life. And it's going to unfold like this. And the part one that you're in is good and this church will be healthy because of it. But there will come a day when the Lord asks you to another understanding. And it will be good. They will be very good. And there will be life and rejoicing all the way around. This is a good thing. And I speak victory over you, man of God. And the Lord says, the seeds I've put in your heart, those are for me. I've done that. And it will be. It will be so. I've sent you on pilgrimage to gather, to become crafted. And then I will again return you full circle. And you will speak with might and authority and raise the arms of fathers. And you'll be put into a good fight and stand behind. I see some fathers that their forehead is like flint. And you're standing behind them in mercy to help them get the job done. Yes. And it will impact a nation. I bless the man of God in Jesus' name. Your journal, I see you journaling. I see you putting information together. And the Lord says, I protect you, I cover you, and all is well in the kingdom. Yes. Thank you, Father. This is a unique word. There's a man coming to you. He's going to lay hands on your ears, and your ears are going to open. Thank you, Jesus. We'll we'll pray for you this morning. I believe in that stuff, but the Lord showed me there's an assignment a man has, and he's a miracle worker, and he's going to lay hands on your ears, and your ears are going to pop, and they're going to open. And we'll pray. We'll believe for that this morning, brother. I believe for it. But I see a man that's assigned to you that you're having a collision with, and your ears are going to open. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I bless the man of God. Pastor Andy, I don't know you, but I like you. (laughs) You're a good brother. I really, I honor you, I respect you, and you've treated me so kindly this morning. I bless you, my friend. I know we'll be friends for a long time. God bless you, sir. Can we give the Lord praise for your pastor this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Man. Isn't it fun? You know you know what's really great is when you have a leadership team that gets behind the leader. That's a big deal. And I know that there's transition, there's things happening here, so I understand the process. You have wonderful, wonderful leaders. Greg and Elissa are tremendous people. We've known them and they're oh yeah. praise God. And I, I trust them, I trust their judgment, their even keel. You guys, it's not like the, the ship is gonna rock because they're gonna just say, We're gonna walk this out, it's gonna be good. And I gotta tell you, it's gonna be a good thing in here. You guys are gonna live a good church you get to live you're part of the solution praise God I know this whole movement about people saying I'm number two or whatever all that stuff but forget that Jesus made you the righteousness of God praise God when you show up darkness squeals when you show up people say Lord let your presence be with us today God's like what are you talking about you brought me when we pray we don't need to scream up to the heavens we should be looking here how you doing Jesus amen it's true. Praise God. We get these religious ideas. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Man of God, you have a wisdom gift in your life. A wisdom gift. You have a, a gift of understanding. Whoa, oh, you're intense. Wow. That's a shock feeling. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I bless the man of God. Hallelujah. The Lord says, I've called you to be a pastor, I've called you to do ministry, I've marked you in fivefold ministry. You are a marked man. The word of God burns in you. You're a marked man. The word of God is alive in you. You're a marked man in the name of Jesus. I release it over you. I release favor and victory over you in Jesus' name. I have called you. I've set you apart. And in due season, it will surely come to pass. And that's going to be at the the bidding of leaders. And I'm not talking about this place. That's between God and whatever. But I'm just saying the gifting on your life. Praise God. I'm not trying to give specifics for this church. I'm talking about you as a gift. Just to be clear with everybody, okay? We have a pastor this morning, okay? <laughs> Praise God. But so you have a calling on your life in Jesus' name. You have a calling, and I see that. You, oh, yeah. I have called you. I have marked you. I set you apart. Weren't you three years old, and I surrendered? You surrendered your life? Weren't you three? Wasn't it you at six and nine and 13 that I rescued? Wasn't it you who gave your life and brought your knees to the altar? Wasn't it you? I called you. I've heard your prayers. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do, God. That was your heart. And the Lord says, today I bring this full circle on you. You have a prophetic edge on you, brother. But you're going to teach, you're going to preach, and you're a wrecking ball to religion. You're literally a wrecking ball to religion. Thank you, God. Man of God, I see you laying hands on the sick and then recovering with power. When you lay hands on people, they're going to feel power go through their body. You're a powerful man of God. I don't know what you've been praying, but it is coming out of you. And so in Jesus' name, the Lord says, I have need of you. I have need of you. You're ready, but your scenario is not. You are prepared. You're fully loaded. You're equipped. When I look at you in an army fashion or like a a pioneer fashion, I see a man who's got guns all around his belt. They're all loaded. He's got knives all the way down his legs. He's got everything he needs, armor, a backpack with a month's supply of everything he needs, fully loaded, fully armed and dangerous. And he's standing there and the Lord says, hold on, you're ready, but your mission is not. And the timing of the Lord is coming into fruition for you. You are God's man. So in this place, lay hands on the sick. Release what you have. Teach the word of God. Release healing. Release wholeness. And it shall be well with you. You're a good leader, sir. I really like you. You're a good leader. You know when you see people and they just have that excellence in them and that drive and they're hungry, but they have bridled strength. They could roll over people, but they don't. I like that kind of personality. In Jesus' name. God called you. I don't know who fathered you, but you got steel in your spine. In Jesus' name. And the Lord says, I built you. I built that for battle. I built that that others may live. In Jesus' name. Father, hallelujah. And I'm assuming this woman of God, you're with him, I'm assuming? Okay, gotta ask. That's my sister, you know. Thank you, Jesus. So, thank you, Father. Thank you Father. In Jesus, I speak life over you woman of God. That gift of exhortation, that gift of mercy, that gift of administration, praise God. This man needs an anchor and you are it. And you bring it in. And you bring so much life when you come into a room and people are encouraged, they're exhorted, they're comforted and people know how to live and you can tell them all the good things about them and you get them in the place where they need to be. You guys are a power team. Now you guys don't have a choice. You're going in ministry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry but there's a thing with it now I'm not saying you're, you're not going to work or do whatever I'm just saying that God and please take it slow whatever but there's a ministry calling you guys life. you're going to get called out again and again and again and a lot of people are going to prophesy to you I see two other words people have given you that were not true there's two other words people gave you and it was well wishing because they knew you and they said things about you guys they said you're going to do this you're going to do that and you're like yeah well, okay well we'll see it just wasn't true it was well wishing and people are very kind they loved you but it was just out of their heart and wanting good things for you. And so, not bad, not bad at all, but they just, it was not true. And so, the Lord wants to say to you, He's put a power gift inside you. You're a fivefold minister, brother. Yes. You got stuff to do. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord, what identifies fivefold ministry, listen, never forget this. You're a fivefold minister in full definition when you have responsibility for people, yes. then you step into your office mantle. So I bless you in Jesus' name. You guys are marked. I see kids. I see all this stuff. God's touching you guys. There's a hand of God is on you. I could spend an hour talking to you. It's going to work. Yeah, do it. Do it. I just want to say, you're at the right place at the right time. God's called you guys, and it's going to get better. But he has need of you, and it'll be so evident and so clear when he comes calling. And right now, you're armed and you're equipped. Now employ patience, and that's to stay consistently the same through this whole season. And it's not about enduring. It's just being the same. Okay, I want you to treat what you're doing now like it is your absolute ministry and train them up. Make disciples. Raise up the young lions. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Lord told me a number of years ago, man of God, that he told me that the young lions were coming. And they're not going to look like what we see right now. They're not going to look like this. Be very different. They won't care like we do about some things. They're gonna be give me Jesus or give me death. You're gonna be a part of raising those up. That's you. That's in you. You're a radical brother. I like you. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. How are we doing on time, brother? We okay? Okay. (laughs) We're okay? All right. I want to respect the time. I really mean that. I'm not I'm not trying to get more time. I respect that very much. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, get your faith up a little bit. You're staring at me like a cow looks at a new gate, like, what's he going to say now? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Moo. <Move. laughs> Amen. Right, sure. okay. So just get your faith up here a little bit this morning. Get your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Lord. Hallelujah. Because people you get really analytical and it's like,
1: you
0: know, just don't do that. Just get in faith. God loves you. God loves you. People are like, brother, you ever see sin? You ever see sin in a meeting? Yes. And people have come up to me and said, why don't you just call that stuff out and get it clean? I say, good idea. Let's start with you. <laughs> yeah, no, man, it's not about that. It's about Jesus loving us. Praise yeah. God. If I need to adjust somebody or give them a little check, I do. But I don't do that mean. Jesus didn't do that. God didn't find us on our best day. (laughs) Amen? Where were you when Jesus found you? Oh, I was amazing, you know. He found, he loves us. He loves us. And he loves us. Praise God. We judge everybody else based on the worst of their actions and we judge ourselves based on the best of our intentions. We need to be people that have grace and love for one another. We're the body of Christ. It's just so, John. It's just so crazy. I've recently had this revelation within the last few years. Ministry is about people. <laughs> what? It's not about building ministry. It's about people. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's a, a real revelation. I've been in ministry for 26 years. I've been preaching for 26 years. 26 years. People are like, how old are you? How old do you think I am?
1: <laughs> no, I, no, I.
0: I started preaching at 15. There's the math. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sir, you have a gift of wisdom. You have an action here hero haircut like I do. Um, that's what I'm talking about. The world needs saving. We're the guys. So I bless you in Jesus' name. I, I, when I'm looking at you, I see literally a gift of wisdom. Uh, there's, a, there's an elder type anointing inside of you that you could stand with people and bring wisdom to the table. And not push your own agenda, but actually walk things through with people. And the hand of God is on you. To whom much is given, much is required. And the Lord says he needs your voice in this community, and this church, in due season and all that. But it's through a voice of humility and greatly listening. Greatly listening. And God's going to bring favor and life and abundance to you. There's a spirit of healing in your house right now. God's touching your family. He's touching you. He's touching your relationships. He's healing the man before the ministry part of your life. He's healing the family before he releases you out onto the field. Woman of God, he's healing your household. He's healing many things with you guys. And he's saying the battle that has fought you is coming to its close now. And I crush that battle. I send it away from you in Jesus' name. I say now is the day of redemption. Now is the day of the return of the spoils. Now is the day where you begin to build again. And no more evil, no more hurt, no more pain in Jesus' name. The life of God is with you and it shall be well with you. I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'll, I'll tell you what I see. And I don't have a perfect interpretation. I see you, sir, typing on an old classic typewriter. And I see this typewriter, and you're typing on this old classic typewriter, and the Lord's speaking to you through that. And there's this understanding. You have a very archaic way of thinking that's actually trendy, and it's cool for how God works with you. And I believe there's power in communication for you and power in the way that God works through you in the written word. So I begin to speak life over you in the name of Jesus, and I bless you both today in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you guys. I hope that helped you. Amen. 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 God's good. Amen. God's not mad at us. Amen. He loves us, man. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, you guys, are you are you leadership here? You're just hanging out here. You just like the front row. <laughs> Been here a long time, yeah. Amen. That qualifies. Amen. Yeah. Please stretch your hands towards them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, I speak life over them, encouragement, victory, and all this. The Lord says, I'm healing your very heart, man of God. I'm healing your very heart. I'm healing the things, the words that have been spoken over you, the losses. You know, the losses of a winner are temporary. And I speak that over you right now in Jesus' name. That God's hand is truly upon you for victory, for increase, for life, for favor. In the name of Jesus. The Lord says, I love you. I've never one time left you or forsook you, even in the middle of it all. I never abandoned you. Praise God. And the questions may arise, but I never abandoned you. And I hear the Lord saying, I love you and I draw you again today with wholeness and healing inside of your heart, inside of your life, inside of your mind. Thank you, Jesus. I speak to things that have to do with the the chemical makeup of your body in Jesus' name. Wellness. I see your mind took a lot of pressure in seasons past, a lot of pressure. Like it it was just unbearable pressure for you. And the Lord is saying, I'm healing that right now. I'm healing your mind. I'm healing your emotions. I'm healing the memories of your mind. And you're going to come into a new light. And people are going to start to say, man, this dude's different. There's things that are different about him. And the Lord says, you don't have to try to be different. Just God's going to work this out in you right now. And you're letting go of a lot of things. So we remove those things that harmed you. And we release the things that bring life to you today. In Jesus' name. You're a good man. And it's time to surrender, get really into the discipleship, become a, a student of the word of God, and God's going to begin to craft your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I have a word for you. Too much entertainment. Okay? Let me just say it to you. Is this okay? I'm just going to say it to you, okay? You need to really throttle back on entertainment. And the reason is, is because it's, it's brought confusion even in your process. You're overly inundated, overly stimulated with entertainment. And so I just want to say that to you. You need to throttle that back so you can think clearly. Is that Okay? And sometimes you feel like, oh, what am I, what am I doing? You know? And it's from entertainment. You're overstimulated. Okay? And God's going to bring you a lot of peace. Out. So I bless you. You're a good man. I speak life over you. You guys are good. She's so full of exhortation, it's ridiculous. I mean, you just get encouraged by shaking your hand. Wow, I'm encouraged. You know? and so I bless you guys in Jesus' name. You're a wonderful woman of God. I speak favor over you and victory over you. God is bringing a full restoration season to you guys. And it's working in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God, hallelujah. You get tired sometimes too, really exhausted. Well, in Jesus' name, will we just break that off in the yeah. name of Jesus? That's that chemical thing I was seeing in you. I command order to that right now in Jesus' name, hallelujah. I don't know if it's thyroid or what. I command order in the name of Jesus right now. Amen. God's good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. We're going to come back here and do a 521 conference sometime. What's a 521? It's the five-fold ministry working with the 21 gifts of the Spirit. And we just empower churches and people. And I don't mean here. We're coming to Chicago to do it. And so we're going to do some of that in the the next year or so, I believe. So it's going to be good. We have a youth conference called Kingdom Youth Conference. You need to check it out. We're the last one of, if not the last, itinerant youth conference left in America. And so we do it all over the country. I'm one of the speakers there and I help the 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 conference go, and I just believe in it. I'm not really a youth speaker. I get up and tell stories, say things, you know, and then I prophesy to people, and the kids are like, it's it's
1: awesome.
0: But that's what we do. We're we're going after the young lions, brother. Amen. we got to raise them up. Thank you, Jesus. Young man next to the first guy I ministered to, you have a gift inside you as well of clarity, a gift of creativity. You're a very active person and a very controlled person in your activity. And I speak life over you in Jesus' name. The Lord is raising you up to be a teacher. You're going to teach in your area of expertise. I see you teaching and releasing uh, information to people. And uh, you, have, you literally have a number of, you know, some people drink from a garden hose. You drink from a fire hydrant. And God's given you the ability to retain information and do it. And it works in media. It works in the way that you are physically and how you act and what you're doing. And it works in a number of areas for you. But God's just given you this ability to break forth. And creativity flows like water through you through like water, but you're a very strong person. And you're a strong dude, okay? In your mind and in your heart. I don't mean, that doesn't mean mean or anything. I just mean you're strong. And I like who you are. Your yes is yes, your no is no, and you have to decide sometimes, and then you're able to move forward. I bless you in the name of Jesus, and I speak peace and horsepower over you right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I call in that family legacy for this man in Jesus' name. The Lord is aligning a family legacy for you. He's already put it into motion. All things are working out for your good in Jesus' name. You're a good brother. I like you, there. Hallelujah. God's good. Thank you, Father. We'll go a little quick here, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. I, I want to be honoring to the time today. Thank you, Father. Brother on the electric guitar back here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I speak a promotion over him in Jesus' name, a promotion of work. I speak the things that God's called him to do with promotion by way of increase. You have a lot of encouragement, a lot of life, and you are like living creativity. And I bless you in Jesus' name, but you're a specialist in your field. You're a specialist in your area. And I speak that life over you in Jesus' name. I speak expansion now to you. I see a one-quarter expansion to you. In other words, you're, you're in the place you are, but there's like another quarter going to be added to you where God's going to bring you a, a lunge forward. There's going to be a little resistance and then breakthrough. And I bless you in Jesus' name. That's beginning to happen for you right now. God has called you. God has marked you. You're a good man, and you're a dangerous man to the kingdom of darkness. And some of your behavior where you're just trying to figure things out and do things, it's actually part of your process. It's how you flow. People are like, man, that dude's very unique. But the thing is, it's okay. It's okay. It's just the way God's, it's the way God's marked you, you know? And it's the way you process. It's like you, some people talk out loud. You kind of think out loud. You just do things. And God works to you that way. But it's how you problem solve. And you are a problem solver. You really are. You come to conclusions faster than a lot of people. And if people trusted you in some areas, they'd find that they had a lot better results. And so I bless you in Jesus' name. I speak life over you. But there's coming a one-quarter expansion. I also see the potential in the next few years, okay? I see the potential for you to literally own something you wanted to own for a long time. I see you owning it. And I see God saying to you, yes, that will happen. And it's almost like you're going to, because you're going to be in charge. You're going to be in charge, And then you're going to get to own something. It's going to happen. I bless you in Jesus' name. Stay in the word of God. Stay speaking in tongues. Stay doing the stuff. And God's going to work the process out for you. It's going to be awesome. You're a good brother, man. I like you. Amen. Bless you and your your family. Is that your family? Praise God. Amen. God bless you guys. I speak life over you and your household and your baby in the name of Jesus. Great favor and great victory. God is with you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I see concern over your wife with, um, I don't know if this is for a a parent or a mother or something. I, I see that and the Lord's saying, I'm gonna take care of all of it. Sweetheart, you don't have to worry about anything. My hand is on your lives and all is well in the kingdom. I have my hand on the scenarios and all will be well in your family, in your legacy, and all that's going on around you. I already have taken care of it. Cast your care upon me, is what I hear the Lord saying, And it will be well. You guys are gonna do great. Congratulations, by the way. You're going to be great. Amen. Thank you, Father. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, hallelujah. Amen. We didn't get all dressed up for nothing after all. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. We have our Facebook Live family on there this morning. Good morning, everybody. If you're not in church, where are you? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God's good. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It is well. Hallelujah. The Lord rescued you, woman of God. The Lord rescued you, set you apart, and now you're coming into this season that belongs to you. Total rescue. The Lord says, I delighted in rescuing you. I delighted in setting you forward. I delighted in healing you even physically, and I'll continue to do so. The hand of God is on you for healing. The hand of God is on you for righteousness. And the hand of God is on you for renewed vision. Renewed vision. No more weariness, no more sandpaper, you know, grinding down. You get to actually have a renewed vision now in Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Is this your guy here? Praise God. Hey, brother. I speak life and blessing over you. Gotta ask. Thank you, Father. I speak life and blessing over you in Jesus' name. I speak the favor of God over you in Jesus' name. The enemy attacked your physical body. There's something that tried to attack your physical body. And I speak wholeness over you in every direction. Thank you, Lord. What is that, Lord? In the name of Jesus, I speak wellness to every aspect of your body in Jesus' name. You are well and you are strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I don't know what's going on. There's something, I don't know what to say, but you need to look into this or whatever. But I see you really needing to do a dietary change for some things that it creates brain fog for you. I've seen some things that just uh, with process that needs to get you sharper. You need to be sharper, uh, especially with what you do and where you need to go. You need to become sharper and has to do some dietary things. I don't know what that is. Look into it, you know, read that. Look into it. No, no fear. I just see this. And so I bless you in Jesus' name. And I speak order to your, your endocrine system. What is that, God? What does that even mean? In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Woman of God, would you put your hands on his chest and his neck right now? Just where you are. Amen. No big deal. We're just going to, i just going to, he's looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just speaking life over you. And I command every chemical to come into order in this man's body in Jesus name, every chemical alignment come into order in the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes we go through life and we've had fathers that were not perfect. We've had things that were not perfect and we walk through a process. And the Lord says unto you in this day that there's a lot of things that people have been pouring into you and they will pour into you and you continue to pour into others. And I see your words of wisdom going to others and taking people that don't have a lot of hope and pulling them up. I see you doing that. I see you literally saving people that are staggering off to the slaughter. I see you rescuing the needy. I see you rescuing the hurting. I see you rescuing those that are wandering off to the slaughter, don't even know where they're going. And I see God using you to grab them and say, no, come on back. Come on back. I love you. You're going to be, look at me. You're going to be okay. I see you doing this. And God's hand is on your life. You're a good man, sir. And I bless you, and I speak life over you today in Jesus' name. Amen, guys. Yeah. You're going to win. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Couple, that's the winner's row. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, okay. Praise God. I don't want to keep hijacking the meeting here. I think we'll, uh, we'll stop at this point. I'm so thankful to be here. My name is Joseph Z. You can check out my ministry, josephz.com. I do Facebook Live every single weekday morning on Joseph Z on Facebook. I love you. It's been a great privilege to be with you this morning. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll turn it back over to Pastor Andrew. Praise God. Thank you so much. Oh,
1: wow. That's... Uh, saved me about five years of pastoral counseling. I know, <laughs> I know each of the people's situations that you're speaking into and that was uh, shockingly powerful. Thank you very, very much. Um, I'm going to do a God loves you blessing. Um, Joseph spoke a lot about our identity and who we are in Christ. Uh, Joseph wants to bless our ministry so didn't uh, want any kind of payment but I would love us to be a blessing back to him so we're going to pass an offering bag around now, I'm going to give you the God loves you blessing and then uh, the band are going to close us out with worship friends, know this about yourself God loves you more than you could ever imagine he loves you with a love that has no beginning and no end. Love you cannot earn and which you could never lose. Doesn't matter whether you feel like success or failure, God loves you. Doesn't matter whether you feel righteous or guilty, God loves you. Doesn't matter if you're alone or surrounded by friends, God loves you. In fact, He loves you enough to send His Son Jesus to live for you, to die for you, and to be raised from the dead for you. And even right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, speaking words of love on your behalf. And he will come again to renew you and all of creation because he loves you. Friends, this is the most true thing about you. For anything else to be said, this must be said. God loves you. And that will never change.